0: hello and welcome to this sustainable wine podcast this is a recording of a conference session that took place on the second or third of june 2021 as part of sustainable wines future of wine america's conference 2021 we'd very much like to thank the sponsors of that conference bsi bodega argento jackson family wines international wineries for climate action and avena thank you to all of those groups for their important support and i hope you enjoy the session
1: Perhaps I could start with Kathy and ask you to introduce yourself um, very much from an, an educator's point of view which I think will be a bit different to what we've heard so far.
2: Um, thank you. My name Kathy Clancy. I'm the founder of the Natural Wine School. Um, after taking formal wine classes, I realized they really didn't go into depth on organic, biodynamic or natural practices. Also, they didn't give me the tools to serve consumers who had health issues or lifestyle issues like being vegan, I wasn't sure how to serve them. So from that, we created the Natural Wine School. So we create courses to address that for the wine trade, as well as um, we do some for consumers as well. We're hoping to elevate the level of service for the wine trade and also educate consumers um, on the realities of what's in a bottle, how to read a label. I work with two registered dietitians who help vet the information. Uh, they go into deep studies. So we feel good about the research, research that we share. Um, and I'm happy to be on the panel and share the insights that I have
1: um, from our teachings. That's great. Thank you, Kathy. It's gonna be interesting. And, and Fintan, we're going to go from really looking at the consumer to a producer. Fintan is a uh, producer on the panel. Perhaps Fintan, you could explain a little bit uh, your background.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm Clinton Dufresne. I'm the general manager and winemaker um, at Shamusville Vineyards uh, in the Edna Valley of California, originally from New Zealand. Um, and we farm um, 100 acres here in the Edna Valley, plus we source from, from uh, diversity of vineyards up and down the central coast of California. Um, we have a strong commitment to sustainability I think we'll need to talk a little bit more about what sustainability means. I think that's that's the, a key point here. Um, we currently farm organically and biodynamically, um, although I like to say I'm pragmatic, not dogmatic with my practices. And I think that uh, that's an important feature of what, how we farm um, because I think there are a lot of dogmatic um, practitioners
2: out there and that's that's a dangerous thing.
1: There we go. Uh, And so we have, um, again, in California, very Californian based today, which is kind of cool. So Joel, could you talk to us a little bit about your background?
3: Sure. Um, My name is Joel Peterson. I'm the executive director of the Paso Robles Wine Country Alliance here in Paso Robles. Um, We're a membership organization of about 500 um, organizations, 500 companies, and nearly 200 wineries here in Paso Robles. We sit kind of in the heart of California's central coast. So we're, we're north of uh, Santa Barbara and Los Angeles, but we're south of Monterey and San Francisco. Um, our Most of our wineries have a pretty heavy uh, commitment to sustainability. We work with a local program here called the Vineyard Team and their Sustainability in Practice or their SIP program. And we'll be talking more about that as well. But uh, obviously I'm, I'm a marketer by trade and I've been, you know, work, working in the, in the wine space for about 20 years. Uh, I've done this a little bit of craft beer as well. And, and certainly I know what the consumers kind of, looking for, and certainly even more so now with that packaging, the transparency, um, certainly the the, the buzzwords that we are seeing and hearing are organic, biodynamic, and sustainable. Looking forward to chatting.
1: Yeah, those are the challenges we'll be talking about. Anna, again, from California.
4: Good morning. Yes, I'm Anna Britton. I'm the executive director of the Napa Green nonprofit. And uh, to put us in context, we're one of six sustainable wine growing certifications in the United States. And we're one of just four of those programs that offers the opportunity for comprehensive, we call it soil to bottle sustainability certification in the vineyard and the winery. Uh, We have about 90 certified wineries, which is roughly 40% of the certified sustainable wineries in California. Um, and we did actually just launch a completely redevelop- redeveloped Napa Green Vineyard Certification, uh, which is the first sustainable wine grain certification to focus specifically on climate action and regenerative farming and social equity. Uh, so maybe I'll get a chance to talk a little bit more about what that means.
1: Thank you very much. And I think what's so exciting, judging from previous conversations, is the fact that we've got these You know, um, Joelle and Anna, you both represent these organizations that are bringing producers together, which was um, exactly what all the recommendations are saying, um, bringing producers to work together to make a bigger impact and a bigger imprint. Um, The idea of the conversation is to talk about misinformation. So it is consumer perception that we're looking at. And these challenges that are arising for the consumer. Um, Anna, as as you're bringing people together, you mentioned this notion of um, this perception, this notion of transparency. Um, What do you think or how do you feel that the consumers perceive NAPA? And what is your role in changing that perception?
4: Oh, boy, you've thrown a tough question at me right off the bat. I mean, I think in general, in general, we're all going to talk about, we talked about when prepping for this, we're really struggling to help everyone understand that there is a common definition of sustainability, right? It's on th- it rests on three pillars, people, planet, and prosperity. Uh, so we do have that common definition. There's, you know, some different ways we all, all work that in terms of our different programs, but there is absolutely a common definition But I definitely think we're struggling to reach consumers and this whole this whole program from what I've seen is emphasizing that, you know, there's a missed opportunity there many times. Um, And so often we're always hearing, oh, sustainable, you mean organic, right? And I think we're gonna talk about that a lot in the next 45 minutes or so. How do we talk about and really share that sustainability is actually a much bigger umbrella and encompasses many more practices beyond just reducing the use of synthetic pesticides. So that includes social equity and climate action and resource efficiency. And we're having a hard time helping everyone understand how it really is that bigger umbrella. Um, I do think Napa is known for its leadership. I mean, we're we're one of the leading wine growing regions. And so I and, and the Napa Green Program has been around for 17 years. So I think we have some good awareness in Napa County, but we've got a long way to go um, in building that that consumer engagement. Yeah.
1: And, and so, Kathy, you're really all the time talking to actors in the industry, but not producers, consumers and, and purchasers. How do you see this image between sustainability and organic? And what is what is the perception?
2: I agree with Anna. I think that people, when they see sustainable, and I see this with a lot of beverage managers, so uh, they think sustainable means organic. So it's very confusing when it gets to the consumer because um, you know down the supply chain or the value chain, the message isn't being pushed through. I'd love to see sustainability simplified um, and the industry come together. And also we talked a little bit, um, I don't wanna go off too far about the marketing that's going on for clean natural dry farm and how sustainability really needs to separate itself from that because you're so much more than what those uh, those messages are. And I think it's a great opportunity to hone in on what you do do uh,
1: for for the customer. And Fintan as a producer. um, And I know you've talked about the not being organic, being sustainable. How do you communicate this to your clients? What is their perception?
0: Yeah, I I think Kathy um, nailed it with the, I think part of the problem and no offense to, to Napa Green or any of the individual sustainability certifiers, Part of the problem is there's simply too many um, sustainability certifications. And I think the consumer is extremely confused. And part of the problem is that that none of them are created equal. They all have different sets of standards and different different, um, audit practices and what have you. Some are um, self-certifying, which in my opinion, isn't necessarily the best thing. Um, Some are pretty lenient in terms of what practices they allow. and arguably are not sustainable. Um, But but more importantly, the consumer doesn't understand it because we have so many different regional um, sustainability um, certifiers, you know, that uh, uh, I think part of the, when you go to organic certification, it gets much simpler. There's only a handful of certifiers, uh, big certifiers in, in California or the US um, but when you get to sustainable, um, you have uh, a myriad <laughs> of regional organisations um, uh, that that's really confusing. And we have we are uh, sustainability in practice certified for both the vineyard and the winery, um, and that's the, the the Central Coast kind of regional um, sustainability certifier. And it's a great program; no problems with the program. Um, but we've discussed internally: do we just do we take the the SIP logo off? label and just put certified sustainable on the label because it's just um, you know the, the, the average consumer unless they're local here doesn't know what SIP means you know so that's that's the challenge I think
1: yeah Joel have you got anything to add to this from your point of view this organic sustainability conversation and I, um, I think our, our, our challenge is to find out how we help the consumer
3: yeah and I think Marketing is the big the big thing for I think in in that we're talking about and I think that the challenge may not be misinformation but it's maybe not enough information, um, or if mean, Finn was saying too much information but I think the, the the way to cut through that is to be is to be super kind of clear you know, focused and 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 be, be precise in what we're talking about and so maybe certified sustainable is the way to do that but I know that. The thing is, is there are so many of, of, of the programs and they're all very good and, and, they, and they are, they work together. And they, and they, they if you look at them on a spreadsheet, which I'm looking at right now, they actually follow some really, you know, similar lines of, of, of thought in terms of water conservation, energy conservation, packaging, all these things. So the, the, the groundwork's there and now it's just maybe a matter of just getting that together to, to tell that story to the consumer, because at the end of the day, who, who's killing us is the people who are saying clean or natural or or again maybe a buzzword but at the end of the day they, they have either really good marketers or they've got a bigger distribution channel t- to be doing that because i think it, it, as wine marketers we've done it for for years hundreds of years we talked about the, the, the terroir the provenance the winemaking all this stuff that we're doing we forget the fact that now that we're in this era where people want to talk about well I'm, I'm drinking a natural product i'm drinking a product from the earth well Hello, we've been doing that for like this has been happening for thousands of years, and we've almost like missed the boat that we created in this in this in this challenge. I think, and so that's where I think we can work together with all these organizations to maybe just tell that that, that story cleaner and to, right to the consumer um, who really do want to hear it right now.
1: Yeah, and, and the consumer when they're looking at sustainability, I think you mentioned this this clean wine, natural wine. And one of the, the things in the previous conversation was talking about people's health. So what is, do we know what the motivation is behind the Purchasing Act? Are they looking to buy a wine that's going to be better for them? Or are they looking at buying a wine that's better for the planet? Perhaps they're doing both. And so how do we address, I mean, these are two different conversations, right? How do we address that conversation? How do we communicate these things to um, the consumer? if think has got any... Brilliant answers, <laughs> that.
3: Yeah, and I think they're looking for both ultimately. But I think that the better, the the, the easier you can tell that story, and collectively, we're going to have more success. I mean, that, that's the that's what I've I found in in wine and in craft beer. That people want to know that they're feeling good about what they're what they're putting in their in their basket, in their bag to go home with. That that's going to be a good product for them to put in their body and their family's body. But also, is it is it seems sustainable and good? for the workers and the planet and things like that but certainly i think first and foremost it's what what's going to go in their body that's my take on that
1: yeah would uh, would you agree with that anna do you think that's more of a a challenge or
4: Well, I was just going to jump in and say, I mean, this is a big focus of mine and I think all of our programs is really looking at, you know, are consumers interested? Do they care? You know, what do they want to be hearing? There's so many studies on corporate social responsibility in general and then specific studies that have been done on sustainability in the wine industry that find that consumers do want this information. They do care Um, They will use this, you know, many of them, not all of them, right? But they will use this as a differentiator on the shelf. The challenge is, of course, we're going to keep talking about this, them understanding what the heck sustainable wine growing means, um, and then being able to quickly identify those wines on the shelf. something else we haven't maybe been doing that great of a job at. Um, but I did want to talk to that issue of, you know, we get asked this question constantly, right? Why are there six programs in the U.S. and, you know, 12, 15 in the world, Right. Um, And that is because we're on the ground providing direct support, and there's so much direct support that these wineries and vineyards and growers need. They're putting on a second or third job cap, you know, to do this sustainable practices. And so we really we do have to have these programs there on the ground. But then I definitely agree we need to work more collectively to talk about. The rigor and the depth of our certifications, and how we really are all focusing on many common priorities like water and energy efficiency, and waste reduction, and climate action, and social equity—that's common across those six programs. Of course, I all agree there's different levels of rigor, but um, you know, ongoing challenge. Yeah, and
1: and how do we help the consumer then understand that there is this this commonality? What is the, I think that is going to be the challenge. We talked about, it's wonderful working together within a region. And of course, wine is a regional product. Most of the time, we've got this notion of origin, of terroir, as you mentioned, Joelle, it comes from a place. So I think it's inevitable that you're going to have this regional responsibility. But then how do we bring this together? Perhaps, Cathy, you're used to talking about it in a more global way to the trade. How do we bring that all together? What is the, what is the solution?
2: Well, the way I see it is, um, Anna said it right, people, planet, um, prosperity. If the, if the sustainability groups could come together, let's say on a common symbol, um, I'm a marketer, so I'm designing things, just maybe a circle that would go outside of your specific regional symbol that would have that, that would bring some clarity to the consumer as to what sustainability means. Um, I also think it's very important um, that the sustainable industry takes control of the conversation um, around sustainability. The, it's not only um, marketers, but it's journalism that's also confusing the consumer. They're, being, they're reading um, articles that are meant to get, entice the consumer to read more. So they're at extremes where they're reading where wine's great for you and then a, you know, a glass of alcohol could kill you. And I really think the wine industry needs to bring this together. It's, so there's a lot of confusion, and I think it's a great opportunity for sustainability to kind of put a stamp and bring some clarity
1: to a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. I think, well, it comes back to the subject, this misinformation, and perhaps, you know, getting the journalists on, on our side, this notion of education transparency, how do we get journalists to write the truth how do we get the science to shine through rather than the headlines well
3: <laughs> i don't know if there's another another panel on this or not but the one thing that that would have, would have certainly affect that would be lab, would be labeling and ingredient ingredient labeling and certainly the wine industry has been hamstrung by that because of the, the separate rules that they fall under which quite frankly are just you know ridiculous so it's like again we've, we've almost been passed by by people putting you know their 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 ingredients and the cal- the caloric, you know, measures of their wines. But because most wines have sulfites, which are naturally occurring, you know, naturally occurring minerals, they, they, they can't say, you know, either organic or made with organic race, if they have over parts or certain parts per million of, of sulfite. So we've been hamstrung. And so we need to honestly probably work with Wine Institute, work with um, the USDA and making sure that we can have, clean, clean labeling. And I think Finn's got some ideas on that as well. (laughs) i all throw his way.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that part of the reason for the success of organic as a marketing term has been that it's very easily defined. Um, You know, something's either naturally occurring and organic or it's made by humans and it's not organic. Um, Whereas when you get into sustainability, it's much harder to define that. Um, same. Similarly, with with biodynamics. I mean, try try explaining biodynamics to someone who doesn't who doesn't has never heard the term before and isn't into agriculture. Um, that's that's a real challenge. Um, but um, you know, I think that's how do how do we how do we what's your elevator pitch for sustainability? How do you explain it in in thirty seconds to somebody who might not understand it? Um, and and how do we make that definition um, overarching across all of these sustainability platforms? Uh, and communicate that. Um, with regard to ingredient labeling, that's something that that, that I feel strongly about. Um, and we're, we're likely to voluntarily start doing that on our labels um, or maybe not on the labels, but maybe with a QR code that links to the ingredients list. Uh, as a winemaker, in my opinion, we shouldn't be adding anything to the wine that we're not prepared to tell people about. Um, if, if, we don't, if we want to hide it, then we shouldn't be adding it. That's simple as that. Um, and I think there is a lot of, uh, perhaps, um, misperception from the consumer about what goes into wine. Um, as, a, as, a, as compared with other alcoholic beverages, it, it's, it's a pretty natural product. I mean, um, arguably, it's the most natural of the products. It's the, it's, it's the versus spirits or beer. Um, it's, 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 in many ways, the least natural. Uh, the least uh, modified natural, you know, um, alcohol beverage. So um, I think we could do a better job of communicating that. I,
1: that. I think that's a really interesting point because one of my fears or perceptions is until people started talking about natural wine or clean wine, people thought wine was natural or clean. And so this, I think, is this misinformation issue, is the fact that marketeers or celebrities or whoever you want to pick on, have launched this notion of clean wine, which immediately makes everybody think, what? What do you mean? Wine isn't clean? There's wine that isn't clean out there. And so I think it's almost as you said, Joelle, wine has been caught a little bit on the back foot. Uh, Because of that, somebody else has sort of pulled the rug under them and said, you know, your my wine is clean. So everything else must be dirty. And yeah, I think no, that is that is the challenge that has arisen. And again,
3: well, we were... It. Because yeah. I think by saying something's clean, you infer that other things aren't clean. And again, like you talk about, you can call it what you want with good marketing or, or clever marketing or, you know, having some of the celebrity endorsements, but it, it really, uh, it's bigger than people think, I think, in terms of how we are going to react to that and, and get better at that. So um, it's probably it's probably starts at the, at the base level of every, every producer doing what's right. And at the end of the day, we also, I think there are, let's, let's, talk, let's step back for a second. There are a lot of producers who are doing really good things. In fact, I would argue that over 50%, probably 60 to 70% of the, of the wine producers are doing all the right things. It's a matter of then how do you tell that? How do you get that across the board, across all continents? But in, ter- but in terms of like, if you're a direct to consumer winery in, in, in California or Oregon or Washington, or you're, you're making your product, you're selling most of it through your tasting room door, your wine club, you're telling that story. And that's, how, that's, that's sustaining you, your employees, your farmers, your growers, like that that's doing, that, they're doing a good job. Sometimes we're looking at it from a, such a global scale of like, well, is the, is the $8 bottle of wine at Trader Joe's doing that? You know, that's, 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 that's the question, right? Is the, is the $10 bottle at Albertsons, serving that purpose because I think ultimately having worked in this industry for over 20 years I I, you know when and touring wineries and vineyards and all the opera, all the places where this business happens people are doing the right thing and they're telling at least their story to lead to enough people to, to be to, to sustain their business it's a matter of do we how do we do it globally um, across the board and I think the previous session talked about that in terms of packaging which is the next frontier but um, I do want to pat ourselves on the back a little bit in terms of the fact that a lot of this, um, a lot of the growers and a lot of the vineyards are doing the right thing in terms of using less less pesticides and chemicals, um, being very very fair to their employees and in, in terms of healthcare and and um, housing and and wage pay. So can we get better? Absolutely, but there, the, we are in an industry that's doing a good job. We just need to get better at telling that story. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, wanna, I, I, I,
4: have, lot- to, I have to jump in here. Sorry, Wendy. I just say talk about. Of course, I have to raise this flag the critical importance of third-party certification, right? To something Fintan said earlier. We have to be, that's what we're here doing is we have these third-party validators that go out and say people are walking the talk. They're doing these, you know, our wineries have to do more than 120 practices. And there's 30 third-party people that go out and validate that that is in fact happening. And I do want to talk about one of our, the challenges we have, which is that we're here, you know, doing that, running that third-party certification. We have no marketing budget, so give, a, give us a little credit in terms of do we have we been desperately wanting to do a better job of reaching consumers. Absolutely, we have no marketing budget. I, personally, I don't anyway. So we need more kind of collaboration with distributors and with retailers and with other people in the trade to work together on this marketing and this PR and communications because we can't do everything uh, ourselves in terms of, of our programs. And that
1: comes back a little bit to what Cathy does, which is education. This is because you're educating, it's not the final consumer necessarily, it's the intermediaries and the press. So the right information is getting across. Yes, there are bad actors, but there's a lot of really good actors. And it's how you get that information across. So, I don't know, Kathy, if you can talk to that sort of education role.
2: Um, Sure. I would just say the the sustainability standards overall have made it really difficult to communicate to the consumers. So, the more clarity, again, and that would include (laughs) pesticides. Um, I think consumers are smart enough to know that. You know, some synthetic pesticides are being used under the sustainability umbrella. And it may be the truth and they may be spot, but a question comes up often. It like who who can become sustainable and certified under your umbrella? And, you know, we want to feel good about the consumer really wants to understand how does sustainability relate to me? This is, again, we talked about how to make the consumer, the hero, they want to understand the stories of sustainability and participate. Um, You know, organic gives them clarity. They have, they know it's non-synthetic chemicals. You know, that's another discussion, but you know whatever we can do to um, reassure them that wine, you know, that you're making the efforts but you might need stronger stakes Uh, on pesticides, to be honest, I'm talking to all of you, for the consumer to buy in fully. It's a difficult topic for me to talk about with consumers and
1: others. That's very interesting. And it comes back to that ingredient listing. Um, And I think it's really interesting. I know sort of the theme is American, but I'm European. And so coming from a European background, we've got this different, um, it it seems quite different. And also there's this uh, new a legislation coming into Europe about there's going to be this obligation to put ingredients on labels. Um, and there's this um, interprofessional organization that's bringing it together to have QR codes. Um, but I think it's really interesting as well when you look at this argument about clean wine uh, in the US and on some of the websites, they refer to Europe, small independent European producers, very often, so I don't know, as American producers that we have here, how you see that. Do you perceive a difference between the image American wines have and European wines have in in the eyes of the consumer? Perhaps go to Joelle or to Anna about that. To
3: I don't know if I see. I guess I, I guess, my, I guess my, my quick gut reaction would be I think that there's probably a little bit more of grace or deference given to european wines in, in terms of that because of maybe some of the, their their standards but at the same time i i i think that um, both both for the most part do do a good job i'm re- i'm sorry i'm reading the chat and talking about the word sustainability I'm kind yeah, of i kind of yeah yeah and it's funny <laughs> cuz here we are on a on a panel full of 70 people arguing about whether the word sustainable matters or not or if it's if it's too confusing yeah. or, it's, or 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 it, so welcome to welcome to the world right now right like either this is a word we should use or this is a word we shouldn't use so i think that there is you know to anna's point there is a a, probably a 30 second elevator speech of of what is sustainability and here's how you talk about it but to the other people who are talking about they're like well it's too confusing or can we can we come back do we have to choose a new a new word um or, or stick with organic um it's a good question because i think that you're, you're going to have really passionate opinions on both sides of whether we can recover and, and, and kind of right that ship of like, no, there is third party, there's, there's third party sustainability programs, which we have to keep using because to Anna's point, they, they're boots on the ground. They're, they're offering yeah. support, education, um, auditing, all those things of what people can do to create better wines and, and, and wines, excuse me, wines that are better for the planet. And so that's where, yeah. that's the question. And, and I'm not smart enough to figure out what the, what the right answer is, but hopefully we can all get together and as, as regional organizations, as people are talking about and say, here's the tenants we're gonna stick by.
1: Mm. And I think it's really interesting because sustainability is so much bigger than organic. As we've heard, you know, you've got social responsibility, you've got packaging, you've got carbon footprint, you've got the whole, I mean, it's huge. And uh, it, it appeals to a bigger audience. It might be a difficult concept to communicate, but I think we're stuck with it. I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I'm following this chat going on down the side, um, and again, it's this—it's this transparency. I think this uh, communication and transparency. There you go. It's just popped up transparency. So I think uh, we're all on the same page. I think we've all—we're all raising the same questions. Um, the problem is the answer. I think. Uh, so it's, we're, so we're, is
3: one of the questions, It's one of the, the the solutions. Then I'm just throwing this out there to our group is for regional groups to work together better to tell that story for Lodi rules to work with Lodi and tell that story to the people who buy Lodi wine or to Napa or Napa green to work with the Napa vintners and, and to, to, to to do that or sip and vineyard team to work with the central Co- is, is that better because that we at least we're we can work together on, on marketing budgets we can work together on messaging we can work together on campaigns that tell that story to the greater regional group because at the end of the day if I go to Trader Joe's and buy a bottle of wine that's from New Zealand or Austria, do I have the the, the five or 10 minutes to invest in a, in a label to figure out if this wine was made in a sustainable manner? You know what I'm saying? Like at, at a certain point, I'm going to know, I know that the, the wineries that are within a couple hundred miles of me, what's going on? Because I, you know, in terms of, I can see the messaging, the press releases, the story of the, of, of what's happening there. But I don't know if, we, how do we quickly tell that story? If you're going to go to the store and buy a six pack of wines, that you're doing that, you know that you know what I'm saying that you're that you're then support, you're supporting wineries who support who who do things better for the earth.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. It's just a question that's come up, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. Does it have to be consumer-driven? Uh, no, not necessarily. And I think a lot of producers are embracing sustainability, organics, biodynamics from a quality, a product quality point of view, and very often a philosophical point of view and a stewardship role because they're in charge of their land. It's not necessarily consumer driven, but if I am as a producer making that effort and investing, I want the consumer to know and understand what I'm doing. Um, So I don't think it's necessarily, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a producer, Fintan, you can perhaps answer to this. You're not necessarily doing it because that's what your consumer want. You're doing it because you believe it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, you know, I, but that that's true. Um, and and I I chair a, um, a sustainability committee for our local um, regional organisation. Um, and when I polled the members, over ninety percent of them um, said that the the ethical the ethics was the main reason they were they were farming sustainably. Not uh, and less than 10 percent were saying they were doing it for the consumer, but um, I would say we're doing we're practicing sustainability um, because of, it's the right thing to do. But that's when the certification comes in is the certification about proving it and communicating it to the, to the consumer. Because, in my opinion, um, if you don't have the certification, um, you know, you've got nothing there's nothing concrete that that you can stand behind and say look i'm i'm certified here i've had a third party come in and audit my practices and say yes you're sustainable um that being said i i do get concerned about whether our level of sustainability is enough you know in california this year super super dry year very little water and ground um I'm not gonna lie. Uh, there's probably not many vineyards in California that can farm sustainably uh, this year in terms of their water resources and other things. So, uh, you know, sustainability in itself is going to be a moving target, and we're constantly going to have to, um, to to look at what what those sustainability targets are and 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 how much water can we use and and what chemicals are are okay and what aren't um and uh it's going to be a constant reassessment of what sustainability means
1: uh, that, yeah that is so interesting and again it comes back to this notion of regionality and how important it is for you to have these regional groups even if it looks complicated from the outside the challenges are going to be so different aren't they from one region to another so uh it's it's yeah, it's how do you get that across? It's very interesting. You talk about challenges. How do you see sustainability as an opportunity um, for for the wine industry, rather than necessarily being this big scary thing? And can we put a positive spot on it? What What are the opportunities that it brings? Well,
4: this has reminded me of of at least a little bit of positive, and then maybe some one other, one or two other challenges, but. That there are examples not enough but where like Jackson family put some neckers on their bottles talking about their sustainable practices or they also did some shelf talkers with their wind energy and their sales went up 20 percent there was another retail example I know where the retailer featured them around this story of sustainability and again it was around 18 or 20 percent increase of those wines in that store so we do have not enough but we have some examples of that working um, but just for fun to bring in another challenge, I do think this the conversation tends to be very skewed towards agriculture, at least in the U.S. And there's, there's less of a discussion about all of the opportunities around sustainability and resource efficiency and climate action on the winery side. And I will say in terms of just working with our members, and I've, I've been a, a broader sustainable wine growing consultant for many years, We've worked with wineries who are very reticent about telling this story and talking about it because they feel like they might have a really good story around water efficiency or they might have a really good story around renewable energy. But to that point of sustainability so much bigger than organic and more complicated, what if someone asks me about this other piece that I don't have a great story on yet? And. And we've see, actually seen that a few times happen to wineries that go out and say, oh, I'm, I'm carbon neutral. This is so exciting. And then a journalist calls up and says, well, what about your water efficiency? And they don't necessarily have that piece covered yet. So, you know, it is a bigger picture and it does lead to a lot more complexity. But I, I think, we. I, think, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Sorry. I just gonna say that I think the other answer to that ironically it's the simple one which is like they're going to care about it when when it's sustainable for their company and i mean financially sustainable like when they when they realize that at the end of the day they're going to be their kids are going to farm or, or or make wine or their grandkids or their great grandkids like and then financially it's going to make sense because Plus, at the end of the day, that's that's why most of these people are in business is that you're you not only okay. have a passion and love for growing so- grapes or making Mind, but you also want to leave this to your, 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 leave a legacy to your children or grandchildren, and and and, and, the, and the region you live in. So, at the end of the day, I think when you can prove to the point like the Jacksons have done, the Fetters have done, uh, the 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 Utsin family here in Paso Robles, the lores are starting to do. Like, there's so many more bigger groups who give back so much to the community, and they can and they can m- m- make a make their case that this is why we've gone this way, and it makes sense for these reasons. This is that's what you're gonna I think get. Bigger companies to get on board and follow those things and become leaders in that space because we we all know that there are families who are doing that in a in a really good way, and I think to your point, just and keep holding each other accountable, and that's the media, that's consumers, and it's 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 wineries and growers holding each other accountable, talking about those things, and you know I look at here in our region we've got Tablas Creek who does who does a really good job, and they're they're honest, They, they 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 talk about where they're Doing a really good job, and they talk about where they can get better and, and, and things like that. So that's where, if you have leaders who, who who are continuing the conversation, it's almost like that. You almost have to do that to keep up with the, with the neighbors around 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 the, the the vineyard corner. So you're still relevant to not only the consumer who's looking for that, but the next time the journalist comes into town, or the next time the buyer from Costco comes into town, you you want to be the one everyone's talking about because you're on the forefront of all these things. And we all know that that's. Lately, and 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 will be the, the movement of, of being sustainable or, or, and or organic.
1: I think that's interesting. That notion of um, transparency and that notion of owning up the things that you're struggling with as a producer. And I think it's it in a way it's human to say we've done this, as as Anna was saying, but um, we're working on the other things. I think the fact that even as a producer that are uh, asking the questions that. Uh, they haven't necessarily got all the answers and to be transparent about opening up and saying, we don't know everything. We're not perfect, but we're working on it. Uh, I think I think a consumer would be would accept that argument. Wouldn't they? I mean, I don't know. I, I think that. they will.
3: Too. But again, it's, it's the consumer. It's, it's, it's the consumer who's going to go a little deeper than than, than watching The Tonight Show and, and hearing about clean wine. You know, so it's mm-hmm. that's what it comes down yeah. to is <laughs> are we going to yeah. invest? Either whether it be three minutes or thirty minutes of, of time of learning about what is sustainability, what did this producer put into that? Are they taking care of their, their employees, um, and how how is that going to affect my buying decisions of, at the at the wine shop? And unfortunately, when we all go to the grocery store and we got kids and we got this, we're just trying to figure out what's best for us. And 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 sometimes because we've all done it, you see the organic section, and you and and people gravitate toward there because they think it's what's right. And so that's where we've got to, you know, either, either band together. that's where the story of messaging is really going to be, be key. It is is, are we, are we going to have that sustainably farmed wine section or are we going to have the organically grown, you know, section? Because as we've talked about here in and on, on, the chat, on the right-hand side, there's different certifications of organic in, in America and there is in, in, in Europe, there's different things of what you can say, whether it's organically or orga- made with organically farmed grapes or organic wines, it's totally, totally different things. And until we can, Get better at that. I think we're still going to be having this conversation for years and years. No, yeah.
2: you know, I would add well, ha- too, the opportunity to, is for sustainability. Now, if you want to redefine yourselves, is to be the most transparent certification and just lead. Um, so the consumer stops guessing. I think you could potentially, you know, you know, do very well with that. Um, Something also that's really positive that I haven't seen um, that we work with with consumers is about um, sustainable practices. Let's say even with, I have people that say, what do I do with the extra wine that's gone kind of flat? And so we give them and I'd love to see, you know, they want to reuse it. So make a vinegar out of it, throw it in a milkshake, red wine in a milkshake is the bomb by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And use it in, you know, different, different ways but you should be sharing that with consumers. How can I reuse corks? How can I recycle them? Um, so engage the consumer because they want to know what's in it for me by supporting you and sustainability. So I think that's messaging, you know, um, everyone can work on, but very positive
1: opportunities. Well, it's coming back to what you said earlier about making the consumer the hero, uh, which I think it's in, in lots, there's lots of little, little ways of doing that, but, uh, it's uh, yeah, making them engaging with with sustainability. Um, I personally believe the media has a huge role to play, um, and, and that's such a difficult. Um, that's I don't know how many journalists are uh, uh, listening in, but the media has a huge role to play in in educating and also taking the science seriously. So I think one of the things that's worth looking at is how do we make sure that the media has access to facts rather than sound bites. Um, so I, I, think I would also
2: it. say that like wine-specific journals are wonderful. They're being yeah. extremely responsible. We've got some others that are just picking up news tidbits and running with them. So yeah. we can distinguish them. There's there, there's
1: a range. Yeah, but but wine geeks read wine journals. Um, the average consumer doesn't. Uh, so I think it's trying to address journalists that are talking to everybody rather than very you know people that are are, are listening to this are people that read wine journals i'm sure and are happy to geek out on all the nitty-gritty um it's uh it's it's reaching that wider audience that's confused um is the is the key it's how we get part of it's
3: also like bigger buyers are also holding holding the industry accountable if you look at canada um saq i mean they've taken some really progressive steps saying we're only going to important import Certain wines that have bottles that are certain weights or less. I mean, they've actually, yeah. you know, forced the hand of the industry to actually change the, the packaging that wine comes in. And they and it looks like they're going to continue to keep doing that. So that's another situation where it's no longer just like the consumer, but it's like the gatekeeper of the consumer is saying, this is what we're going to carry. You know, it's almost like certain big retailers, whether it be Costco or, or government, saying, This is what we're going to demand of the industry. That's an interesting uh, part of this, of this discussion is the fact that we're kind of being helped along, if you will, by certain massive players who buy, who buy massive quantities of wine.
1: So should, if we have very few marketing dollars, like, like Anna was mentioning earlier, should we be concentrating those marketing dollars on the gatekeepers rather than the final consumer? Is that a more efficient way yeah, of, i mean of i
3: don't know if it's the it's the most dollars we certainly in our in our marketing budgets you know we have a a trade in a trading media line, line item and, and we focus a lot of the attention there and that's and that we do a lot of that sustainability talk with the, the those people but at the end of the day the consumers play such a huge role with the, with our dollar with their buying power of the dollar um or the whatever the whatever your currency they're using but um that's the consumer is it, 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 a lot of it and and that's the end game but Again, going back to like how how wine marketing has been done for years and years and years. It's about where the wine is from and how the wine is made and what it tastes like. So, that's the that's the shift, right? We've we've talked about wine for hundreds of years about where it's been grown, how the how the terroir affects the, the quality of that wine and what makes it unique. And so now we're talking about putting it on there, and and then so partly part of that conversation has been how it you know is is it been. Them form sustainably or organically or biodynamically all those things but now i think we're being asked to raise that section of the of the of the talking note or that section of the message higher and that's where i think regionality comes into play in terms of what's italy doing what's what's new zealand doing what's napa doing and that's certainly helped from a regional standpoint i know that it has i mean if you even look at you know, napa and lodi are two really good examples of that in terms of how their their programs have done wonders for i think the, the success of, the, of those regions, those regions.
1: Well, it, Finton, it'd be interesting to have your point of view uh, as a New Zealander in in, uh, in California. Do you see a different perception in the two countries? A different approach in, from the the two the two countries?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I think that um, that California and the US in general is often, um, you know, the the demonized um maybe maybe fairly maybe unfairly as being the kind of the big because like we've got the largest wine company in the world it's california based and um you know there's a lot of big wineries here and so we're i think often um tainted by association or by the fact that that we're lumped in with them and some of them um you know jackson family for example and Uh, are doing great uh, great things you know and really leading um so we can't just say you're big you're bad um because some of them are doing um really good things with sustainability um but uh certainly new zealand has um has always cultivated that clean green image and done a great job with that california i think and within the u.s has done a good job it's certainly not um as, as, a, as an environmental leader within the US, but maybe not globally, um, is, is, is how I think about that. Yeah, the US could, could be doing a better job with their, uh, um, we've got some rebuilding to do after the last, uh, last president uh, in terms of our, uh, our outlook on environmental things.
1: It's very interesting, this notion of size. I think it's really important. People do have a, a perception that if you're small, you're better. Um, and I think working together. I mean, we have the example in, in in Europe of cooperatives, and people have this sort of scary image of wine cooperatives. But on the contrary, some of them have the resources to invest in the the latest technology and technology, in a sense of of good winemaking practices uh, that very often smaller producers can't. Uh, you know, because it's obviously in 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 Europe, it, there's a lot more estate bottling, perhaps, uh, rather than separating out the growing and the and the and the winemaking. Um, so I think that is an interesting perception as well. That size is not always a bad thing. On the contrary, if you've got a lot of resources, uh, you can invest them perhaps more wisely. Um, we've got a few more minutes. I'm going to try not to go um, over our allotted um, allotted time um any any final conclusions, things that you'd like to see as far as the image or the communication or advancing in sustainability, perhaps start with Anna.
4: Well, I did just want to say one of the things that's happening right now i don't I don't know if all of our members would appreciate my saying this, but Uh, LCBO and Ontario and System and and I'm hearing there's a broader European discussion that I don't know enough about yet, but are really raising the bar in terms of how rigorous the sustainability standard has to be to start importing into the market. And I appreciate that because I think that's going to help drive up, you know, this you really have to do this to a certain standard if you're going to be reaching these export markets. So I think that's an important conversation that's happening right now.
1: That's great. It's coming back to this notion of the gatekeeper, huh? I think, which is we uh, we talked about earlier. Vinton, any any wish lists?
0: Um, I think one of my, my pet peeves, which hasn't come up yet, um, is the, the misperception that organic means we don't spray. Um, You know, we we practice uh, organic viticulture, and we spray. (laughs) We might spray uh, naturally occurring products, but we still spray. So um, organic pesticides are still pesticides. Um, You know, so that's just something I want to make clear. um, And I see constantly in the media, Um, people who should know better talking about uh, organic being pesticide free. No, it's not pesticide free, it just means the pesticides are organic. but um, yeah, I think that we've got. Um, I, I, in general, I'm. I think the industry is doing a really good job. At least what I see here locally in California, um, I'm really pleased with the efforts that people are making. Uh, are we doing enough? No. Um, as we, as I mentioned earlier, I think that the bar to sustainability, what is sustainable, keeps on moving um, with with climate change, with um, scarcity of resources. Um, so I think we need to keep adapting and growing and pushing uh, pushing our efforts further. And uh, it's going to be a
1: challenge. No, I'm sure, a challenge I'm sure you'll rise to. Kathy, any last thoughts?
2: I mean, I love what I've heard today from um, the sustainability leaders. So it's really encouraging. Um, I hope you get a marketing budget. That's my biggest wish in the wish list. Um, and just keep educating your teams and what sustainability means, what organic means. Because education at that level it works its way down to the consumer, and I would love to see more consistency. And
1: Joel, any final
3: Yeah, thank you, Wendy, for a great panel. Um, I'll just say, yeah, I think that uh, obviously following what Finton said in terms of just getting getting better, continuing to, to push this this message is is a key for all of us, whether we're a producer, whether we're a journalist, whether we're um, you know a regional organization helping promote the wines from our region so i, I think that we are going to continue to push that the message of, of be, be transparent be honest about what's in that wine and how you grow it and tell that story not only to your to your fans and, and uh, you know whether that be social media website but with with your with the media contacts you have coming through and with the buyers that you're dealing with so we'll work on that as a region and as as, a, as an as a as a certainly a regional association that has you know between 200 and 400 wineries here in the Central coast of California. I know that other people, places are already doing an amazing job of whether that be Napa, Sonoma, Lodi, all the folks who are, who are out there. And it's just a matter of like, let's, let's work together and let's really educate the the journalists and the trade in that, because they're the ones who are helping tell that story. And the last thing I'll say is like at the end of the day, I know we've kind of somewhat demonized the, 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 the clean movement or, you know, the th- people who are saying, well, this is, how can they say this is clean? Meaning, ours is dirty. But it certainly has pushed the conversation and it sparked the conversation. So we have to thank it for that. And then we can yeah. say, well, hey, maybe maybe we were flat-footed, but at the end of the day, let, let, let's actually show what we what we do do in that arena, and mm-hmm. and tell that story. And I th- I certainly think that we we have the, the the industry leaders to do that. So thank you. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think it's raised awareness, and everybody that we're talking to is very much rising rising to the challenge so uh, thank you very much thank you everybody